What's going on, friends and fans? Ryan Dorn here, and do we have something special for you on this month's podcast? Hey, guys, you know, I don't have guests on the show very often. This month, though, I've got something special for you. Wall Street Journal bestselling author Alex Goldfain is going to be on the show today. We're talking about prospecting. We're talking about selling in the midst of COVID. This guy is a social media evangelist. He's a marketing expert. He's a sales expert. I've known him and followed him for years and to have him on the show. Wow. And 10 of you that listen to the program this month, you're going to get a copy of his book, five-minute selling. That's what we're talking about. Also, your listener questions. Yasmith from Chicago, great question on getting people to pick up the phone. Hey, Yasmith, Alex might have some advice for you too. We're also going to dissect questions with our friend Mike Obert from Open Look Business Solutions. Got a question uh, from Roger from Tampa. He's offering huge discounts. Nobody is biting. Hmm. We'll talk about that one, Roger. And Tristan from New York, a great listener question. Webinars are almost dead, so how do we sell webinars? Friends, Alex Goldfain, listener questions. This is going to be a jam-packed 30 minutes. Stick around, stay close. It's all coming up next. Live from the Brainswell Media Studios, this is the Ryan Dorn Business Show. Ryan is a 30-year Emmy-winning sales, marketing, and leadership advisor. He has touched over half a billion dollars in revenue and still sells every day. Ryan has been featured in Forbes, USA Today, and has trained over 20,000 professionals in seven countries. Now, here's your coach, your confidant, your fellow business warrior, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans of the podcast here, I have a very special treat for you today. Now, those of you that have been following me for quite a while, you know that I don't have very many guests on the podcast. People ask me all the time, Ryan, I want to be on your podcast. And I don't have very many guests. And the reason is because of the listeners like all of you. You've said, hey, Ryan, I don't want to hear about other people's philosophies. I want to hear about yours. And I appreciate that. But every now and again, somebody will reach out to me that I'm like, man, oh, man, this is a good one. And let me tell you, you're in for a treat today. If you've not heard of Alex Goldfain, I don't know, and you're in the sales business, maybe you need to come out and see the sun, see the sunshine every now and again. Because Alex's book, The Revenue Growth Habit, um, was rated as a top 15 business book by 800 CEO Reed and Forbes. Um, I know that I really got turned on to Alex uh, with his book, Selling Boldly. Um, I used to live in Chicago. Alex is a Chicagoan. Um, and he's just really an overall, just really, really smart, smart guy. So Alex, I am thrilled to have you on the podcast as one of my very limited guests, because quite honestly, my friend, you deserve it. <laughs> Thank you so much for uh, having me on. I really appreciate it. It's it's great to talk with you. It's been a really long time since we've talked, but I'm excited to talk with you and, and I'm really psyched to um, discuss this, which actually arrived literally two days ago. Nice. So you're one of the first people in the world uh, to actually see this book, right? Excellent. Excellent. Uh, you know, the moment that a book kind of goes from your head and the computer screen into the book, it's like a really cool moment for the author because there it is, right? Exactly. Something you could hold in your hands for the first time. So five minutes selling. Um, you know, I love the title. and uh, But let me first start out, if you don't mind, um, without digging too deep into the world of, of COVID, I think you probably would agree that uh, things have changed out there uh, for salespeople here in COVID and and whatever you might want to call post-COVID world. What are your thoughts? Well, I think uh, a thousand percent it's changed uh, for we salespeople and it's changed for our customers too. You know, we're selling from a different place than we might normally sell from. And also our customers are buying from a different place our customers would normally be. And, you know, I, I wrote this book in, most of it was written in January before uh, anything having to do with COVID. And then we got into the editing process uh, 
And in May and around the middle of May, I wrote a note in the book at the very beginning. There was a couple pages early on. And what it says is everything in the book is about selling to people kind of from a distance. Right. You know, it's all about the telephone and what we say to people on the phone and how do we follow up on quotes and proposals and how do we tell them about additional products and services we can sell them and how do we do that in system for five minutes a day. So the point of that note from me early on was everything in the book, not only does it still work uh, in our times now, it works better. It's actually more effective to be present for our customers. Why? They're not traveling anywhere like right. they used to. Right. They're not going into meetings like they used to. They're not running around. Ryan, we're all doing the same thing, man. We're all sitting at our desks. Here, you're sitting at yours. I'm sitting at mine. Yeah. All of our customers are at theirs. And guess what they have with them at their desk? Yeah. They've got their phone. Right. And guess what's going on with that phone? Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's calling, man. No one's calling. We think, we assume, presume that their phones are ringing off the hook. No. Their phones are silent, and they will tell you. If you ask them, ask a customer today. Try this. Right. If you're listening to us now, ask a customer, listen, how often does your phone ring from somebody trying to sell you something when nothing's wrong? Somebody you know, so you've got a relationship with the person, right? They know your name. You know their name. Um, and nothing's on fire. Nothing's right. wrong. So not it's going to be late. Not uh, I don't have the product that you bought for me. But Ryan, it's Alex. How are you? Right. How's your family? How did the summer go? What are the kids doing about school, which is starting up? And by the way, then you pivot to the sale, to the business. Ryan, what are you working on these days that I can help you with? Right? Because I'd exactly. like to help you. And so what's going on that I can add some value with? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and that's one of the biggest things that I notice in working with folks that's just so often overlooked. If every time you reach out to somebody, you're asking for something, if every time you're seen as a salesperson, and I love what you're saying because, hey, let's let's reach out and say, hey, how are you? What's going on? How can I be of help? And I yeah. love that approach. You yeah. might even try something more direct. You might say, what are you buying from my competition that I can help you with? Yeah. Right? I call love that the it. reverse did you know question. There's a chapter in the book. What do you need? I had a client ask their customer once, what's on your wish list, Ryan? Right. The customer gave him 24 things. Wow. Because it's on their wish list. Yeah. And I said, how many have you sold? He's telling the story in front of his uh, all of his colleagues. And he said, I've only sold uh, 18 so far. I said, well, geez, you've got six more to go. Get to work. Right. You know, exactly. And of course, each product is a repeat purchase product, something that the customer is going to buy over and over again. Yeah. No, Ask great. your customers what they need from you. They will never say to you, no, I'd rather you not make my life easier today. Nobody right. will say that. To you, right? <laughs> Everybody wants to be helped. And this book is a system of helping more customers more. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, you know, I noticed in the book um, on several pages, you've got uh, worksheets or you've got lines, things for people to fill out to track yeah. the day. Why do you yeah. feel like the tracking and writing that down is uh, is so important? I think that uh, the system is the key because you can download this right on my website, goldfane.com. So this is a proactive call planner and it has eight different kinds of people you can call. Right. I think the reason we don't call people, Ryan, is we don't know who to call. Sure. Right. That's how complicated my stuff is. So <laughs> you find yourself with, with a half hour, right, of free time. The email doesn't tell you who to call proactively. Right. Uh, the the uh, CRM is a list of names and numbers and contact information. But unless you use it perfectly, it's not going to tell you who to call. And almost nobody uses it perfectly. Right, so right. we don't call people because we don't take five or ten minutes at the beginning of the week and write down who to call. And so I've got eight categories of people on that planner. One of them is... Uh, 
customers you haven't talked to in six months or more. Nice. Absolutely fantastic group to reach out to. Another one is uh, customers who used to buy but stopped. You know, so try to think five people in each of those categories. You can't right. do it off the top of your head because you're not talking to them, right? Yeah. They're literally not in our head. Yeah. And you also are not in their head. Right, right, exactly. So you connect with them and say, listen, it's been a while since we've talked. How are you? I was thinking about you. Now, what do you need? I want to help you. Yeah. You know, they don't have anybody like this in their lives. If you go to somebody and offer help and value, sure. you're literally going to be the only one. Yeah. You know, it really is the and key. So, yeah, it is. You, the key. Asked me, you asked me, why are the forms and why are the planners and the trackers? There's two planners and two trackers in the book. And again, you can download them whether you buy the book or not. You might as well go look at them because I think you can use them. Um, the reason is the system is the key. So right. if you make some calls or do some quote or proposal follow ups, when you happen to think about it here and there, it's fleeting. Actions on their own are fleeting. It's a snowflake that falls to the ground and melts. If you do it in system, which is to say every day I'm going to uh, follow up on five quotes or proposals, you're going to close about a third to a half of what you follow up on. Right. Uh, now, instead of snowflakes, you have a blizzard. Right. You have a blizzard of activity and and sales success. New things opened, things progressed and things closed. I've got a two week challenge in the book at the beginning. The two week challenges give me uh, five proactive calls. Five did you know questions? Did you know I can also help you with this or that? And I think five quota proposal follow-ups. That's 15 things in a week. That's great. Each week. That's five things a day. Uh, so 15 things is three things a day, right? In a right. five-day week. Right. Three things a day is going to take you like, I mean, a minute or two, right? Yeah. It's called five-minute selling, but you're yeah. going to have time to spare, right? Right, right. And if you do that for two weeks, I'm asking you for 50 minutes, five-zero. Right. Out of an 80-hour week. And what you'll find with all of that, that's 30 proactive efforts, right? Right. Into, you're going to find more new business opened, business progressed to a close, and you'll actually close some things. And when you do that, the success will come quickly and you're going to be hopefully wanting a little more of it. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, and if you combine the five-minute selling with 10-minute abs, I mean, you've got a complete system for life, right? <laughs> you'll have a six-pack and lots of money. There you go. And by the way, there are no cold calls anymore because we all have the pandemic in common. Agreed. I see customers feeling like they owe salespeople their business right. when they see the salespeople trying, making an effort. Yeah. And I've had clients tell me all the time, like they're trying so hard. I feel like I owe them the business. Right. You know? <laughs> and so they're going to look for ways to reward you if only you are present. It's a really great place to be. Look, so 90 to 95 percent of salespeople operate reactively. Agreed. Right. We answer the phone. We take orders. We solve problems. We're world class at solving problems. And so if you can be proactive, still do those things, but for five minutes, be proactive and say, Ryan, how you doing, man? It's Alex. I was thinking about you. Right. right. Um, then you're instantly vaulting yourself into that five to 10 percent, the top five to 10 percent. You make yourself stand out literally from everybody else, and you're going to be the only one in your customer's life who's going to call them on the phone today when nothing's wrong yeah. and say, I was thinking about you. Now, how can I help? Right. Exactly. So you've got some um, 16 actions that you talk about uh, yeah. in the book. And that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of actions. But could, if, is there one that's your favorite? Is there one that you think, you know, hey, if I had to pick 16, if I had to pick one out of the 16 to start with, or do you like to start somebody at the top and work all 16? What's your thought? 
I think the one that's going to make the most money the fastest is my favorite one, right? Yeah, like that? I think that's how I think, right? <laughs> uh, what, what's going to generate the fastest results for these salespeople uh, so that they experience success, make some extra money, and want to keep doing this, right? That's right. how I think about it psychologically. Uh, and that one is quote or proposal follow-up. Okay. And that's interesting because uh, most people don't because uh, fear drives most salespeople's behavior. You know, if, if, if I sent the proposal or the quote and I haven't heard back, I'm still alive, right? right, right. It's not dead yet. It's still alive. And that feeling keeps almost all of us from following up systematically, right? Because right. then they can reject us and right. God forbid into our ear hole, right? right? Exactly. They can, it's an intimate rejection <laughs> on the phone. It's an intimate rejection. They're rejecting me into my head. You know, right. right. Um, that's why we email. I've emailed a follow up. You know, I've done I've succeeded. I've done my job. Right. I have. I don't know. I don't know. Did it get there? Did yeah. they open it? Did it land in their inbox? You know, did they see it? Did they read it? If they read it, did it register? Why didn't they reply? Do they not like me? Do they not want the business? Right. You know, exactly. so I have all these questions or I can pick up the phone. And I can say, Ryan, how are you doing on that quote? I've been thinking about you. Where are you at? I'd like to help you with that. And if you have to leave a voicemail, you leave the damn voicemail. Right. That's not a loss. That's not a failure. You haven't been yeah. rejected by a voicemail. They get to hear your voice. They get to hear your name. And again, you're the only one on that voicemail. Nobody else is. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a common mis misconception that everybody is inundating folks uh, right now in the remote workspace. And it's just not occurring. But I can tell you that a lot of people are sending emails. Lots of emails. Thousands of emails. I feel like the phone's the differentiating factor. I read maybe last week, Grasshopper Research, 10 times more likely you are to have a quality conversation with somebody about sales on the phone, 10 times more likely. Well, um, and now yeah. in our pandemic that we're in, people are craving that human contact. You know, we're not in the office with our colleagues anymore. Your customers are isolated and they're not used to isolation, you know? Right. So when you connect with people now, you end up having these deeper more meaningful conversations because they're so happy to talk to somebody, to yeah. talk to a human, right, who's not bringing them a crisis that they have to <laughs> resolve. And so you, you you have a great human relationship interaction. A and then even if, I, I mean, bring business up, but even if you don't, what's going to happen is they're going to call you in a week or two because they're going to be thinking about the conversation they had with you because they haven't had any other ones. Yeah, you know? exactly. And they're going to call you with opportunities. Agreed. I think what the problem is, and this is one of the, the last things I'll ask you, I think there's this whole thought of, I need to work smarter and not harder. And I'm one of those people that thinks you should be pretty darn smart about it. But now you're going to need to put in the hard work. You just are. So this whole silver bullet process is, is not going to happen. I don't know how you feel about the work smarter and not harder. I'm just a big fan of being really smart and working really, really hard. <laughs> people say to me, what's the secret? What's the magic bullet? Right. which is words you just used. Yeah. And my answer is there is no damn magic bullet. There is right. no silver bullet. You know what the magic is? You know what the secret is? The work. Yes. The work is the secret. Agreed. The effort, the communications are the secret, yeah. right? Well, the book is uh, Five Minutes Selling and uh, we got a treat for, for everybody. So how about if we say um, the first uh, 10 folks that reach out to you, you're going to send them a copy of the copy of your book. Good. What am I thinking? Uh, send me a message on LinkedIn, or if you want to post it to me, you can do that, I guess. Um, and say, I heard you with, with Ryan and, uh, I want a book. Uh, and, and so, uh, my assistant Jenna will make sure 
uh, that you uh, five minutes selling, but only the first time. Yeah. So uh, do it quick. The rest uh, of you, um, the rest of you, get out, get out there and buy it. Support us, would you? <laughs> uh, thank you for having me. And uh, please uh, buy the book. And if you want those planners and trackers that we were talking about, Ryan, they're on my website. It's a free download. Uh, you go to goldfane.com, uh, just how you spelled it, and uh, click on the book cover, which is bright yellow. And you can download the planners and the trackers. And even if you don't buy the book, you can use those things uh, to help you sell more. Yeah, right on. That's awesome. All right, friends. And uh, so we'll be back here uh, on the show next year with uh, Mike Obert from Open Look, and we'll be answering all of your listener questions uh, that you've sent into Ryan at ryandorn.com. So we'll be back, friends, here in just a second. The Ryan Dorn Business Show is brought to you in part by Open Look Business Solutions. Need data cleanup, a virtual assistant, graphic design, or telemarketing? Reach out to Mike at open-look.com for information. That's open-look.com. How about a new website? Now more than ever before, having a world-class website is mission critical. Ryan has partnered with Web Publisher Pro to offer his clients top-notch websites that focus on lead generation and revenue. Reach out to David at webpublisherpro.com for more information. That's webpublisherpro.com. Now back to the show. Here's your coach, Ryan Dorn. All right, friends and fans, it's that time. Listener questions. Uh, keep them coming, by the way. They're great. Send them to Ryan at RyanDorn.com, D-O-H-R-N, Ryan at RyanDorn.com, D-O-H-R-N. You know, my entire life, Mike, I've been um, saying that. Oh, by the way, Mike Obert from Open Look is here. <laughs> hey, Mike. <laughs> um, Thanks, Ryan. D-O- Glad to be a part of it. Yeah, D-O-H-R-N. I mean, my entire life, I've, just, I've been spelling my name. And I actually bought Ryan, D-O-R-N.com, just so that people would, if they typed it in wrong, but um, D O H R N. That's it. So there you go. That's awesome, uh, Mike. I hope that uh, things are going well with you and your family uh, amidst COVID, as well as uh, things can be in, can uh, can be considered good. Um, business strong with all your uh, fine clients over at Open Look. Business has been good. Uh, no complaints. We are continually adding people, more virtual employees, uh, more projects. So yeah, things uh, can't complain. It's good. And out on the sales uh, sales front, you have salespeople. You are a salesperson. Hey, we got um, three yep. questions here. We got uh, Yasmith in Chicago, uh, Roger from Tampa, and then Tristan from New York City. So uh, let's uh, let's dig into your listener listener questions now that Mike and I had a chance to catch up. <laughs> Yasmith uh, from Chicago uh, asks a good question. I'm still having issues getting people to pick up the phone. Any advice? Um, you mind if I kick that to you first, Mike? And uh, what are your what are your thoughts yeah. on getting people to pick up the phone? And then I've got something to share. Well, yeah, two things. One is, are you, are we talking about people that are current customers? Or are we talking about just cold call prospecting? And if I'm taking this as cold call prospecting, you know, some of the things that I'm doing as a publisher myself is um, I've been having good luck of calling people at odd hours. And I know that sounds weird, but you know, usually most salespeople don't make calls after five o'clock or, you know, something like that. But I'm finding that if you take a little extra time uh, after five or during lunch hours or early in the morning or something like that, um, I'm getting better response to people picking up the phone because people are like, why is somebody calling Who's that? at this time or this hour? Yeah. Yeah. So that's one, one tip or something that I've been doing. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'm one of those people that tries to, you know, I reach out and, and as you know, Mike, I prospect like at 11 and 4 pretty religiously. So, uh, Yasmith, if you're one of those people that follows a predictable pattern, maybe it's time for you to kind of shake it up a little bit and just do something, com- you know, completely different 
The other thing is, uh, Mike, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I actually, if people don't pick the phone up and I just tell them not to call me back when I leave a voicemail, I say, you don't need to call me back, but if you could respond to this email I just sent. So a lot of times I'm, you are asking people to call you back that aren't going to call you back. So I'll use the voicemail and say, you don't have to call me back. But if you'd reply to that email I sent, that would be awesome. And I get people pretty regularly saying to me, oh, that's kind of a, you know, kind of a cool approach. I don't know. Do you ever try that, Mike? <laughs> don't call me back. <laughs> I, I have not tried that because I do. I, I think sometimes people don't listen to voicemails, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll follow up with a, uh, uh, a text. Um, you know, if I, if I know that, that customer personally, or if I have some sort of relationship with that customer, uh, but I'll, I'll do stuff like that. But I, I like your idea of, you, you don't have to call, call me back. back. Right. Yeah. And I, I think people laugh and they like it. You know, another thing, um, you know, Yasmith that you might consider as you're talking, if you do get through to people, people right now are kind of cranky when they pick up the phone. A lot of times I'm saying, you know, things like, Hey, good news. I'm not calling from the IRS. You know, people usually <laughs> laugh, you know, when they do, uh, you know, pick up the phone. But the other thing yeah. is make sure that you have the right number. Make sure you're Googling people, seeing what numbers are available for them. Yasmith calling after hours um, to get past the uh, receptionist, get to the computerized system to make sure you're getting the right extension if, if it's there. And then a lot of times right now people have changed to their cell phone. So Google them online, look at their contact information, see if it's changed. You might be calling the wrong number you know, as well. So yeah. good question, yep. Yasmith. Uh, from a home city there of Chicago. All right. Uh, Roger uh, from Tampa asked this question. We're offering huge discounts <laughs> and no one is biting. Interesting, Roger. It blows my mind, he says. Any thoughts on why discounts of a great product are not uh, generating leads? Um, you mind if I take this one first? Uh, you go first. Okay. Your turn. So, you know, everyone thinks that by giving somebody a discount that they're just going to jump on it and it's going to be amazing. And I would say, actually, Roger, that offering big discounts very often devalues your brand and makes it seem like, well, why didn't you give me that price before? Why are you waiting till now to give me that price? Now, one of the things I love about my millennial buyers is that they demand transparency in pricing. And that's one of the many things that I love about the millennials that I work with, because I'm not an overly transparent person in the sales process. I tend to hide things a little bit. And so a lot of times what I'm finding from a lot of my buyers, millennials, boomers, doesn't matter, is that when you're offering a massive discount, a lot of times they're thinking, well, why didn't you just, why don't you just reduce your price, you know, in the beginning? Why are you doing it now? So I feel like it really does devalue your brand. So what I'd consider yeah. doing, Roger, and then I'll let Mike chime in, is that I actually wouldn't reduce the price. I'd keep it the same and I'd offer greater value. So I would say the price is $50. If you're willing to sign up with this this week, we can also do X, Y, and Z or ABC for you as well, which has an additional value of, say, $200. So rather than discount, offer more value. And I think you'll find that if they're not biting now, they might buy then. I just feel like it devalues the, the brand. Um, what do you think, uh, Mike, of, of Roger's question? Now, a lot of the ad sales training that I've done and, and people that I've worked with is I always try and tell people not to sell with price. Um, that if you're selling on price alone, then you, one, you're never going to be able to get the, the price back up to where you want it to be. It's going to be a challenge. Yep. Um, and you've got to, like you said, you got to sell on what the value is. What, what is, what is your product? Why, why is your product better than the other products or better than the competitors? If you're purely selling on price, it's really going to be difficult, uh, to, to, to let those customers understand what the value of your product is. Yeah, no, it makes sense. So be careful about discounting friends. I know that it sounds like it might work, 
Um, but I just don't know that it does uh, in, in, in post-COVID world, whatever that means. Um, last but definitely not least, we've got uh, my friend Tristan uh, from uh, New York City. And I have a chance to email Tristan every now and again. And uh, she's just a really great uh, sales rep. Um, our webinars are nearly dead, she says. Only 50% are signing up to compare to the same time 60 days ago. Um, how could they have gone from hero status to zero status in uh, in such a short period of time? You want to tackle that one, Mike, or you want me to go? Uh, I've got some questions on this, though, because yeah. it's, I mean, I, I totally agree that, you know, uh, that webinars have been great over the last three, four, five months. I do feel like they have slowed down a little bit, but yeah. I've also seen the frequency uh, pick up. I've seen the content is probably not as good. Um, I've seen some of the timing of some of these webinars are not just, you know, really fit into my schedule. Uh, so there, I think there's all kinds of things that you might be able to do to kind of flip the yep. webinar yep. Um, to, to help uh, get people to sign up and become a hero again. Um, is that, is that some of the stuff that you were thinking? Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like a webinar is a commitment. And so when you think about a webinar, you think about a commitment, a commitment of time. And even if you're offering on demand playback, no one really knows exactly what that means. But even if you're offering sign up and we'll send you a replay of it, it still is a commitment of time, a commitment of giving your data over to somebody. And so I am kind of turning, I love webinars, but I'm turning more towards taking those webinars and creating transcriptions of them so that people can potentially read those transcriptions, potentially breaking them up into multi-part series, recording the webinars in advance with the customer and breaking that up into a multi-video series that you can promote. But I just say, Mike, I don't know what your thought is. I, I love webinars because I do them. I've done since COVID hit 260 some hours of nothing but webinars. So thank you um, for that at my hourly rate. That adds up pretty, pretty well. <laughs> but when you think through this, friends, it's important to recognize that, you know, this has become a webinar society. I think people are just flat out worn out. And so because of the commitment, I would encourage people to flip it into a video series, um, do more Facebook live type stuff, YouTube live type of things. If you yep. got the ability to be able to do streaming on LinkedIn, which is a rare commodity. Not everybody gets approved. I couldn't get approved. Um, putting those videos in a series on LinkedIn uh, can help as well. And I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to generate leads and that's great. So uh, whether you're using tools like Wistia or tools like that, where you, when someone goes to watch the video, they have to put in their email address. There's lots mm -hmm. of different ways to kind of flip it. As Mike said, I like that turn of words there, Mike, yeah. is to flip that so that you have the opportunity to do what you need to do with the webinar. Now, people right. say all the time, though, what about the Q&A? You know, Mike, I don't know. I mean, I love Q&A on webinars, but is that the reason that you watch a webinar for the Q&A or do you watch for the content? I'm watching for the content, 100%. Yeah, that's what It I'm might thinking. be something I pick up for the Q&A, but usually not. One, one other thing, too, Ryan, that I wanted to tell you, some, some of our customers – have been when she were talking about the 50% of people that are signing up. We have several customers right now that are using uh, telemarketers to go back and people that have opted out or have not finished the form, uh, they can target those people. So nice. there, there could be a telemarketing campaign that says, hey, I know that you were interested in Webinar X. Um, you know, we still have space available or we still have some room if you want to uh, to, to, to watch it or, or be a part of it. So, uh, there is some efforts of people are going back to retargeting people that are opting out of the form or not completing the form. Yeah, that's awesome. So if you utilized open look, um, you could do that. And then if you utilize January spring, we talked to charity a little bit earlier in the show. If someone came to that form, you could remarket to them online. You would pixel that page and then remarket to them with advertising 
they would follow them around on their iPhone and iPad, et cetera, um, words with friends, and, and continue to promote it to them. So it might also yeah. be, Tristan, just the promotion via, e- via email is just not enough. So right. it's a good question. So yeah. all right, good questions from Tristan, Roger, and Yasmith. By the way, hopefully Yasmith, I'm saying that uh, correctly. So uh, thanks, friends, for those questions. Keep them coming in to Ryan at RyanDorn.com, D-O-H. Ryan at RyanDorn.com. And uh, friends, Mike loves to strategize. So if you're a publisher or someone looking to do new sales projects or whatever, reach out. Uh, Mike at open-look.com. Mike at open-look.com. And uh, Mike, I imagine you're uh, happy about uh, baseball season being back in play. It's always nice to at least see at least see the Cubbies uh, play on a TV or Rangers play on TV. So the Rangers or the Cubbies or anybody at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's been yeah. so nice to have sports back on. Yeah. It's helped, uh, it's helped my small talk game when talking to customers. Yeah, no, that's sure. great. No, that's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, reach out to Mike over at Open Look and uh, open-look.com and, and see how he can help you out with his uh, virtual teams and, and things like that. So, Mike, as always, thanks for dissecting the questions with me. You always have some great perspectives. So thanks for being here. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. For my favorite time of the month. All right, friends and fans, that is the podcast for this month. Hey, my name is Ryan Dorn. I'm honored and I'm thrilled that every month you take 30, 35 minutes to stop what you're doing and listen to this podcast. It means the world to me. So on behalf of the cast and crew over here at Brainswell Media, thanks so much for being here every single month. Love to be a part of your virtual training, your virtual sales meetings, you name it. And hey, right around the corner, we'll get back to being together live very, very soon. More online over at RyanDorn.com, D-O-H-R-N, over at RyanDorn.com. Otherwise, stick around and stay close. Another great podcast coming up right in a few seconds. All right, friends, remember, if sales was easy, everybody would be doing it, and they're not. So we're either crazy, which is possible, or we found careers that will feed our families for a lifetime. All right, God bless you all. Be safe out there. We'll see you next month.